Let's welcome our A-team guests at Dr. Ntsigelelo Breakfast, who is a senior lecturer in the Department of History and Political Science in the Faculty of Humanities at Nelson Mandela University. Dr. Breakfast, thank you so very much for joining us once again. Good evening. Thank you very much, uh, Patricia, for having me. So it's 28 years later. We are just two years shy of three decades of democracy. Mm. Let's talk about some of the positives that our democracy has shown us and has helped us to experience thus far. Mm. Yeah, so um, firstly and most uh, importantly, let me kick off by saying that um, starting democracy is easier than uh, keeping it. Uh, starting democracy is easier than uh, consolidating it. Why? Because consolidation of democracy is not um, uh, um, uh, an event. It is a a process, and it is a a lengthier process. Uh, So democracy is not something that you wake up in the morning and then just uh, institute it. It's not something that um, you introduce at once. You have to introduce it bit by bit. Um, So since 1994, we've had ups and downs. And also, uh, it is worth noting that there is no perfect democracy. Even the so-called matured democracies. I mean, you you saw what had happened in the U.S. I can't remember when it was, when there was an outbreak of violence in, in um, yeah, in in, uh, in Parliament or uh, uh, somewhere. Uh, so w- what I'm saying is that in as much as we have some gaps in our democracy, and we have to bridge those gaps, uh, Patricia, but sometimes I think we are too hard on uh, ourselves. Now, coming back to the clip that you played earlier on, uh, we have a framework of democracy to work with. Uh, I'm not saying that all is well and good, but we have a, a, a foundation that has been laid. We have a, a constitution. It's not perfect, but it, it lays a framework. We've got a culture of um, human rights. Uh, you know, uh, the issue of gender-based violence is, is, is something that um, is against the law. Now women have rights. Uh, members of the um, uh, LGBTQI also have rights. Um, yeah, uh, so those are things that we, we can use as, you know, building blocks. But as you know, uh, the greatest weakness of our democracy is inequality, poverty, unemployment. We need to um, alter the the workings of the market forces. But in terms of the other, what I call the procedural aspects of democracy, I, I think uh, those fundamentals uh, um, are uh, in place. Well, it's good that the fundamentals are in place. But then, you know, when people are looking at commemorating a day such as this, um, we always seek the positive. But we can't go without noticing that there's also challenges, you know. Mm. Um, and and how do we counter those challenges, especially when it comes to inequality? Because as much yeah. as we've got all these freedoms, we can move around in the country mm. without ha- having to carry a pass. We, we can, you know, literally do most of the things we could not do mm. about 29 years ago. As, as South Africans, and we do it together. Mm-hmm. But the inequality that has mm-hmm. 
you know, started to become so apparent and so rife. How do you counter that um, discussion in the minds of South Africans 28 years later? Yeah, so um, uh, we've got this uh, mixed bag of uh, a democracy. And and I fully concur with you, uh, Patricia, that there is a tension between uh, freedom and uh, inequality, or there is a tension between freedom and, uh, you know, uh, underdevelopment or uh, poverty, um, and so on. And to counter that, I mean, yeah, we can talk about that until the cows come back home, trust me. Um, but we we need, first of all, a good model of development that is uh, responsive to the plight of the people. Uh, but having a model of development uh, also requires good leadership, in particular political leadership. Uh, I mean, corruption, as you know, is not just a buzzword, but it's something that is uh, institutionalized, normalized, that has been made part of the organizational culture of the government of the day. Um, and because of that, the money that is meant for development, uh, it uh, ends up uh, to those people who have uh, proximity to uh, power uh, as opposed to what it was uh, meant for. Um, and also there are other issues of service delivery that has uh, collapsed at local government level in particular. Um, but yeah, for me, I think we we need to uh, to temper with the uh, the operations of the market forces, uh, because I don't think that black people have been uh, entrenched enough in the commanding heights of the economy. I mean, the means of uh, production, as you know, are in the hands of a tiny uh, minority. And because of that unevenness, that reproduces uh, inequality, unemployment, Poverty, and that is also along uh, racial lines, um, as it were. Now, the the one thing that I see as as uh, quite a big win and um, uh, for our democracy is the fact that there is now certain schools that give free education, um, mm. and and this obviously is is, is a win. It's something we didn't have previously. And here we are with the free education. South Africans must be pleased with this. But then that free education as well is not at the same level as fee-paying mm. schools. So then it becomes mm. another gripe of inequality. I fully agree with you, uh, Patricia, in that regard, um, that we also have different levels of education. I mean, I teach at university. Uh, and I've taught at another university in Cape Town, you'll find that by and large, the intake of universities is basically um, uh, from the students that come from good schools. And then you have a tiny minority of students coming from you know, township schools, from uh, villages, and so So if you are part of the elite you come from a class-privileged background, then you stand the chance of going to a university, you access education, um, and then you are likely to be absorbed by uh, the labor market. 
of course, there are other people who are creative, start their own businesses um, and so on. Um, but of course, yeah, education also has a, a slant of class. Um, uh, though I also think that uh, there's a need for, I know that you're not talking about that, but we need to make our education uh, responsive to the needs of the market forces so that there is no uh, gap between the knowledge that is acquired and the skills that are demanded by the labor uh, market. Mm, a please do join in on this conversation. Um, 28 years later, let's talk about the positive things that our democracy has given us access to. 011-714-2006. You can give us your comments on WhatsApp as well or questions for Dr. Nzigelelo Breakfast on 0614-104107 or even SMS 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. So, uh, Dr. Breakfast, oh, you know, democracy is a beautiful thing. I'm looking at mm. um, our democracy versus that of a country like Ghana, who's mm. had a democracy for way longer than us. What are some mm. of the key things that we can learn from Ghana over the many years that they've had their democracy and learn from them so that as we grow as a democratic nation, we can, you know, start shaping things positively as well? Yeah, uh, Ghana obtained its independence, I think, in 1957. Yeah, so there were a lot of experience. Um, uh, I think we can learn the uh, entrepreneurial uh, skills uh, from them uh, because I think they're very creative in, in terms of initiating small businesses because those small businesses are part of anti-poverty strategies uh, that can tackle uh, underdevelopment um, yeah, I think that it's not only a phenomenon, uh, Patricia, which is confined to Ghana. Even in other um, African countries, I'm not saying that we're not in uh, Africa, but also if you look at uh, other countries like Nigeria and also other uh, countries, I think uh, entrepreneurship is something that is uh, encouraged, uh, unlike um, in our country whereby we think that uh, if you have a degree, come hell or high water, you'll be able to make an end meet. I think we need to uh, re-examine that. Sure. So we need to now um, inculcate within ourselves um, entrepreneurship, something that we haven't been doing. But how do we do that when we are constantly being promised uh, more jobs every single fiscal, more jobs will be created, job creation. But at the same, in the same breath, we are seeing that uh, uh, manufacturing is becoming less and less in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm not saying that you were uh, implying this, but but, but I was not implying that everyone must go into business, every young person. But we must just inculcate the the, the culture. Of course, yeah. So uh, one of the ways and means of doing that is to get support from the powers that be, from government. I know that that there have been a a number of um, uh, initiatives uh, by government to you know, uplift up-and-coming uh, 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 business persons 
uh, like uh, is it uh, Tutula and uh, you know one of the components of uh, BE talks into that among the seven principles of a, a BE like for instance you find that if there is a uh, a big business venture they will say okay co-opt a small business so i think there must be a monitoring of that uh so that you know young people can be taken uh, on board but also i think even amongst i'm not a business person but also i think even but i am a young person uh but i think even amongst us as young people we must be disciplined if 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 you get uh, capital, don't rush into buying, you know, a car that is expensive and blah blah blah. You know what I mean. You know, I think we must be uh, disciplined. Make sure that we expand our uh, businesses so that we can uh, continue participating in the uh, economy. Mm-hmm. I like that. I am a young person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, there's the term born freeze, right? Uh, Those Mm -hmm. who are just after our democracy. I'd love to hear from them. I mean, you deal with a lot of students. What's their take around democracy? Do they see the impact and the the, the privilege that they have of being uh, being born after Mm -hmm. apartheid within democracy? I, I, I don't want to be a, a controversial but I wanted to talk about something else. But uh, I did a study at some point about uh, youth political apathy, uh, measuring the perceptions of young people about democracy and so on. And some of them, uh, because they they come from a different generation, they think that not all of them, but some of them, they think that uh, the struggle is over uh, because they've never bore the brand of apartheid and the, the, the struggle that others um, are experiencing of poverty. Um, some of them have been uh, privileged. I'm not saying that they must feel bad about that. Uh, but yeah, they, they've got a different experience some of them um, who got the best education that money uh, can buy. Uh, so their philosophical outlook to life is different. Uh, but you also have others who think that young people are future leaders, that without the participation of young people, our democracy is going to um, collapse. Uh, that without the participation of uh, young people into our democracy, we're not going to have future uh, leaders. Uh, so I think the so-called born free have different understandings uh, about uh, democracy. They they don't think um, uh, the same. But some, because they are unhappy about the way things are, they've sort of like uh, thrown in uh, the towel and decided to withdraw from the uh, electoral uh, politics and also, uh, you know, political participation in general, I- even in terms of attending what committee meetings, because that is a sign that you're interested about, you know, politics, uh, writing letters to newspapers, participating in uh, radio talk shows like this one, uh, and so on. Yeah. 
Well, uh, let me go to messages from our A-teamers. Um, uh, you know, my question to you before I do that is how mm. do we how do we instill in young people? Because I'm, I'm, I'm before their time, right? So I'm, mm. I'm over 28. How do we instill in young people that pride of our historical background and uh, uh, teaching them how to be grateful and to be responsible with the freedom that comes with this democracy? Yeah, I think, you know, democracy must be at the heart of curriculum design and development. The curriculum that is pitched to young people uh, in schools, it must also um, have an element of democracy. But I think also, I'm not trying to be funny, but, you know, uh, those who are at the helm of power, they need to lead by example so that young people can look up to them. You know what I mean? Because it it, it does make young people to lose interest in politics when they see that our leaders are are using state institutions as centers of accumulation to amass wealth for um, uh, themselves. Let's go to a message here from our A-teamer. Good evening, Patricia, and your guest is Dumzi from Cape Town. Uh, in my opinion, the crafters of uh, our freedom, yes, the intentions were good. However, I think they missed the point that economic freedom is the most important freedom that gives uh, room for us to access all other freedoms because we we can say we've got the freedom uh, political freedom of which is black rule yet that political freedom of self-rule is governed by the same institution that kept the black people enslaved we cannot say we have a legal freedom when whereas to access legal services, you need uh, finance, and most people do not have access to finance. So economic freedom is the one that is most important, that gives uh, rise to all the other freedoms. So we have the freedom on paper, but we have not yet been empowered enough economically to even access those freedoms that the doors have been opened for us. Sure. Uh, What's your take on what our ATM has said, Dr. Breakfast? Past is still with us. Um, We we, we cannot uh, analyze contemporary uh, specificities without invoking history. So our country has a history of oppression, colonialism, the land that was taken away from black people and so on. So we are products of history. No wonder the majority of black people are still, uh, I would say, uh, on the back foot, um, as it were, in terms of the ownership of uh, the uh, economy. So I agree with the caller that Politics is controlled by the uh, economy. But I think at the same time, we should not uh, throw the baby out uh, with the bathwater. 
or something along those lines. Uh, we should build on what we have. We have the good building blocks uh, that you can uh, build on uh, with regard to our uh, democracy. I think all is not lost. Well, if all is not lost, then there's still hope. Here's a message from Siviwe Masumba. Siviwe says, good evening uh, on SAFM. To me, there's no freedom because in my area, we were packed like sardines by a municipality, Nelson Mandela Metro. If my shack can burn, all of us here will. I am in NU30 Motherwell in Kabecha. Secondly, after I took TB treatment at a TB hospital called Santa, I'm more than sick, and it's more than before, uh, taking the treatment. I'm no longer working because I'm struggling to walk, and I nearly went blind because of the medication. This one is a message from Maswabi in Bloemfontein who says, Sis Pat, freedom of today is no longer like yesterday. It's opposite, where crime is too high, white-collar crime, corruption, etc. Free people do as they wish without accountability. Mathematically speaking, if negative is more positive, we fail. Let's go to another voice note. Evening, Sis Patricia. We can't say democracy is going to collapse. It has collapsed already before it started. We can't say we are free in a country where we depend on a 350 grand. On NSFAS, it means the power of the economy in the hands of a few elite. Those are the people who are enjoying the freedom of this country. Now, today a woman was shot in Limpopo, mistaken for a hippo. A lot have died mistaken for monkeys, baboons. Where is the freedom there? Where is the freedom? There is no freedom. The youth have never tasted that freedom in democracy. They are not working. You go to universities, you don't have a job. You resort to drugs and alcohol. So where is the freedom? Where is the freedom? We still depend on social grant from the government. Lisa from Brixton. Well, uh, Dr. Breakfast, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'd like you to please just uh, give us your response to the voice notes and the messages that we received. A-teamers, remember that you're more than welcome to share with us. I'd, I'd love to hear some positive things about our democracy. It's 28 years we are commemorating this day. I know it's a bit of an ob um, public holiday because it's smack bang in the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday and I know how some of you are feeling. However, let's, let's, let's hear what the positive things are. I understand there are challenges. We know there are challenges. I want to hear from you on 0614-104-107. That's the WhatsApp number or SMS 41391. Alternatively, call in on 11 Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. 
Still in conversation with Dr. Nsigelelo Breakfast, who's a senior lecturer in the Department of History and Political Science in the Faculty of Humanities at the University of Nelson Mandela, um, Nelson Mandela University, NMU. We are talking positive things around our democracy, but I see a lot of the messages coming in have been citing the challenges that we have experienced in the past 28 years. Dr. Breakfast, please do respond. Yeah, so, um, uh, Patricia, we must bear in mind that our democracy came into the picture or rose to prominence via a political settlement. Um, Now, some people say that in order for any class to entrench its hegemony, a historic block is a prerequisite. So, um, the ANC... Uh, did not want to tamper with the workings of the market forces because of the political settlement. You know about uh, uh, arrangements with uh, leaders of the National Party with regard to the Sunset Clause and blah, blah, blah. Uh, And also the other thing that has put the majority of black people on the back foot is that a, a lot of leaders of the ANC were co-opted via, uh, you know, the BE policy in order to be made to conform uh, to uh, the practices of, I would say, so-called white monopoly capital. Um, And that means that the the economic uh, patterns have not changed uh, since uh, 1994. Uh, no wonder we are where we are um, uh, at the moment. So uh, there's still a long way because uh, economic emancipation is something that we do require, and that's one of the threads that, that our A-teamers were talking about um, a- around mm-hmm. being emancipated economically and uh, for people to, to also have and understand what their rights and responsibilities are. Uh, Talking about the positives, let's go back to them. What are other positives that uh, we can cite um, on a political, socio, and economical level within uh, these 28 years? Yeah, I think we, 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 we need to, even your, yourselves as journalists, you, you need to promote democracy, have a lot of uh, conversations like the one that we're having at the moment uh, so that we can deepen our uh, democracy uh, and friendship, uh, but also even academics like myself and other scholars, we need to team up with other uh, institutions like the IEC, promote uh, democracy. Uh, people must attend what committee meetings and not only complain about uh, uh, services that are not rendered, uh, so, yeah, those are the positive things that we can do uh, in trying to bridge some of the gaps that we have uh, in our uh, democracy. Dr. Breakfast, thank you so very much for joining us. It's always such a pleasure having you here on the 18th. You're welcome, madam. Thank you very much.